Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Pulse of the Region brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. The Alliance is the region's business and economic development organization and the city's chamber of commerce. And it drives economic prosperity by retaining and creating jobs and promoting the greater Hartford region as an exceptional place to build a business, an industry, a career, and a future. I am your host today, Brian Boyer, Vice President of Marketing Communications at the Alliance. You can learn more and as always, invest today at MetroHartford.com. I also want to recognize our two show sponsors. And as always, we appreciate their partnership. The Connecticut Center for Advanced Technology, Inc., also known as CCAT, is a nonprofit corporation leading regional and national partnerships to help manufacturers, academia, government, and nonprofit organizations excel. For more information, you can go to CCAT.us. And also... Recently signing on as a show sponsor, Oak Hill, empowering people with disabilities. Oak Hill sets the standard partnering with people with disabilities to provide services and solutions, promoting independence, education, health, and dignity. For more information, you can go to oakhillct.org. Well, we hear a lot about healthcare. We hear a lot about the expenses around healthcare, and particularly in the state of Connecticut, it is uh, pretty costly for consumers. Um, we're one of the uh, states that's uh, ranked pretty pretty low. Uh, 33rd uh, for cost in our nation, according to WalletHub.com. But there is uh, there is work being done to try to help consumers, to try to build value, and to try to reduce costs. And we're very very fortunate at the Alliance to have uh, the Connecticut Health Council, which is uh, which is run by Amy Cunningham, who is the uh, executive director of that, doing a a lot of a lot of work on the healthcare side and a lot of support from a lot of partners on this as well. And we're fortunate enough today to have two of those partners with us to talk about value based healthcare and. Uh, a work group that's that's taking place uh, within the Connecticut Health Council that's trying to uh, uh, make people more aware of the costs and, and maybe even try to reduce some costs and, and, and add value for uh, for the consumers. And I don't want anybody to uh, turn off the radio when they hear the word work group. Um, I know that might sound a little bit boring, but these guys here, they, they're going to make this exciting. And um, we're lucky, as I said, to have Eric Galvin, who's president, Connecticut, a uh, great, uh, great partner of the Alliance and the Health Council, and Jess Kupek, who is president and CEO of St. Francis Healthcare Partners, also um, a tremendous uh, partner of the Alliance and the Health Council. You both have uh, basically, if, if, uh, if there's an event or a program at the Health Council, it's really not a, uh, an event if you guys aren't there. I just have to say, you guys are, have become the face of the organization uh, many times in support of Amy and, and, and everything that she's trying to do. Let's talk a little bit about your backgrounds. Eric, let's start with you. Um, you're president of Connecticut. Tell us a little bit about Connecticut. Uh, I know you're a pillar within the community. People know who you are, but uh, a little bit of background and kind of how, uh, how you got to where you are today. Well, thank you. I really appreciate the time to be here. And um, so the, the really quick history, I think many people know Connecticut. It's a, um, an organization that was started by doctors over 37 years ago. We're currently a 650 employee organization that is really Connecticut's health plan. We, we, um, we take a lot of pride and we take it very seriously, the responsibility to take care of um, over 400,000 people across the state. And um, it's, a, it's a role that I've prepared my entire career for and, uh, and frankly, I, I enjoy every day. So appreciate you uh, having us on today. 
And, and ha- so, as far as your background goes, just a little, a little bit about uh, yeah. a little. Bit. Is your is your background business, healthcare? What's uh, well, I'm a finance of- guy by okay. background and spent my entire career in the in the healthcare industry. So, um, you know, it, it's a, an extremely dynamic place, as uh, as you're aware. And um, frankly, I don't know that I would want to be in a different industry right now. And particularly in this area, I would think, too. Especially um, in this in, area. In, in Connecticut. So, again, pr- appreciate your partnership. We're going to learn more about, about you and, and your role in this group. Uh, Jess, uh, another another person, again, um, people know who you are. People know St. Francis, obviously. But tell us a, l- a little bit about your organization and kind of how you uh, you got into your role and, and how uh, your career has progressed. Sure. St. Francis Healthcare Partners is a joint venture between St. Francis Hospital and its thousand practicing physicians. We're about 23 years old. We've been a leader in value-based care, um, a leader in EMR adoption. Um, so we're very excited um, in terms of the changes going on. But St. Francis Healthcare Partners has really been a joint venture to improve uh, the way healthcare gets delivered in Hartford. And how about, uh, as far as, how did, you, how did you get into this field? I mean, uh, it's kind of the, the, the pinnacle here, head of, of, one of, the, of one of the largest hospitals, most well-known hospitals in, in, the, uh, in the area as well. How did you get to this point and kind of what's your, what's your background? Sure. Like, uh, like most young people graduating college, I, I needed a job. And that job being in Hartford was with the insurance industry. I spent the first half of my career working for two different payers. I took that experience of those two different payers and came over to St. Francis Healthcare Partners to really learn the provider side of it. I was so excited about the opportunity to work with physicians and hospitals, I decided to stay and make this my career and not go back to the payer community, but I have a real affinity for the payer community and folks like Eric because they provide great service. So for me, I came out of that community, I understand it, and I think I bring value because of my experience. So the, the Connecticut Health Council has seen uh, a tremendous uh, transformation under uh, Amy's leadership and the leadership of, of, of the two of you and, and, and all the other founding partners and investors um, within the Alliance and, and the Health Council. Let's talk a little bit about this particular group. And this group, this is a value-based group. What's the, for, the formal name is, is what exactly? It's the, um, the payer partner um, uh, partnership. And so we, we look to um, really further the, um, the mission of driving toward a value-based arrangement between payers and providers. So when we when we talk about value value based, can you um, a lot of people in the industry know what that is? People outside may not. Can you tell us a little bit when we say value based? What does that mean? Yeah, I'll start and just please jump in. I mean, the reality is that um, the industry as a whole has been um, on what is referred to as a fee for service basis for many many years. What that really means is that as someone uh, um, consumes a service, whether that be in a doctor's office or in a hospital, um, it's it, it has traditionally been that. Um, that facility is paid for the visit. And what we're really trying to move away from is that um, pay by the transaction and instead um, partner with, uh, with organizations like St. Francis Healthcare Partners and, and really uh, come together, try to define the right quality metrics, the right outcomes that we want to drive and pay for those outcomes instead of paying um, for the, the transaction itself. Jess, anything you'd add there? Um, value-based care is really based on moving from a fee-for-service market, like Eric mentioned, to get us to a place where you're paying for outcomes and quality as opposed for the number of services you provide. Um, so value-based care to me, and I think for those of us as work group, are looking at ways to improve outcomes and not necessarily tying it into fee-for-service. Although sometimes there's a misunderstanding. When we say fee-for-service, traditionally it meant the way providers got paid for providing a service. Going forward, it becomes a mechanism to move money around within the industry. 
But value, you can have a value-based relationship and have an underlying fee-for-service payment mechanism. So we're talking value-based. We're really talking about outcomes that are most important to a patient. Why, why is Connecticut so – we mentioned Connecticut specifically. I think healthcare all, all around is pretty expensive these days, but health, particularly in Connecticut. Why, why is Connecticut such a, such a tough market? I think there are a few factors. Um, you know, the first factor is it's a, um, it's a fairly high-wage state. So when you take the kinds of incredible assets that we have in the healthcare industry, um, there are underlying people and, um, and services that, frankly, are just expensive. And so what you generally look for is if you're going to pay a premium um, price for something, you want to make sure you're getting the, the very best possible outcomes. And that's part of what, uh, what brought Jess and I together in our normal day-to-day lives, we have a an important relationship between St. Francis Healthcare Partners and, and Connecticut. And we, we sat across the table from one another and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a way to not duplicate the kinds of activities we both put into, um, into the equation. And, and that, with the intersection of the Connecticut Health Council, that's where this work group was born. So, um, you know, we, we both really felt like there's a better way to do it. And the Health Council is such an important um, uh, convener of other parties that um, that we really felt it was the uh, the right way to get at this challenge of, of cost and, and quality of care. Jess, I want to ask you as far as you know, you, I know you guys are both putting a lot of time and effort into this group. Um, you know, why? And Eric, you mentioned it a little bit here, but you know, why? Why now? I mean, why? Why now? What prompted you both to form this group? And and also. What do you hope are are the the outcomes? You know, you talk about outcomes of, of healthcare. What are the outcomes of this of this group? Yeah, as Eric mentioned, we actually met each other when he took over as president of Connecticut, and during a normal conversation, talked about ways that we could do things better. That's how this began. But certainly, value based care is important to Connecticut, which is a leader in it, and to St. Francis Healthcare Partners um, as a leader in it as well. But, you know, in terms of goals of the group, there are several goals for this group that are really important. The first, and we've already mentioned it, we want to change the relationship between payers and providers to focus on value versus continuing the traditional rate discussion. In the fee-for-service world, you hear a lot about it in the media. There is a rate discussion and renewal between a hospital system and a payer. We want to get out of those conversations and really make it about value. So that's the first thing is changing the relationship And the second thing we want to do in the work group is to really develop a value-based model which can be scaled. It may work for Connecticut and St. Francis, but we want it to work for a broader audience, all the payers and all the delivery systems in Connecticut. So one of the goals is to come up with a scalable solution. The, The third is to really focus on putting the patient first and breaking down the traditional silos in healthcare. Healthcare is very siloed today. And that leads to the increasing cost. It's very siloed in Connecticut. It's just based on the historical model. Uh, and fourth, it was just as important as the other ones. We want to demonstrate that payers and providers can work collaboratively to improve outcomes and reduce costs. So, uh, when we when we talk when you talk about improve outcomes and reduce costs, we're talking about the consumer and on the business side as well. So, for example, I guess, uh, and I want to ask that, and I'll, I'll throw this out to both of you. Um, let me ask you from a from a personal standpoint. I'm a consumer. We talk about the work that you're doing. What 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 is in this for me as the consumer? Um, are my 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 outcomes are hopefully better and my and my costs or reduced? It's more efficient. How do, how does it work for me as a consumer? Yeah, I'll start and I'll have uh, Eric chime in. From a patient perspective, the biggest concern we have, or one of the major concerns, is is the fact that it's a very confusing product network for consumers to manage. There's a lot of people doing a lot of things that are very similar, 
hence my reference before to silos. What we're trying to improve is the patient experience by only having one entity, one organization, or one set of individuals contacting a, a patient, as opposed to having 14, 15 different entities or individuals contacting a patient. We believe that by doing that, you can improve the out- outcomes because care will be much more coordinated in this model than it is in a traditional fee-for-service model. Yeah, I would just add that, you know, uh, from a personal perspective, um, I had a family member go through um a fight with cancer over the last year, year and a half. And when you're faced with such a very serious condition and you're faced with all of the the elements that go along with it, not just the treatments themselves, which are, are exhausting in of themselves, but, but also all the administrivia that goes with it, the different people calling, trying to coordinate care, trying to coordinate visits. Um, they're all well-intentioned. They're all uh, important in the ecosystem. But as Jess said, you know, there's a lot of duplication, which leads to lower quality outcomes for the patient, but also a lot of cost and inefficiency. And so, you know, that that's part of the really the genesis of this work. Um, and it's trying to draw not only on our experience in our day jobs, but also in our our um, our part time jobs as leaders of businesses, employers, um, and then finally as uh, as individual consumers, and really drawing from that that entire spectrum. Well, this is a really interesting topic, and is it, uh, this is this is actually one of five uh, working groups within the Connecticut Health Council working on uh, various issues. This is the value-based relationships between payers and providers, uh, which I want to ask you more about that relationship in a second here. Also, um, other working groups, Medicaid innovation, uh, Barry Simon um, at Oak Hill leading that effort, data sharing, uh, Jim Bedard, uh, United Healthcare is uh, leading that, um, issues to raise during 2018 elections, uh, Vin Petrini with uh, Yale New Haven Health System and Kim Moriarty with uh, Yale Medicine, bold enough to take on the uh, the political side there a little bit. And uh, palliative care, end of life, uh, also another working group with Tim Elwell, who's the CEO over Equalidine. But let me just um, let me just ask this question: As far as the the two of the two of you, you when I say the two of you, I mean your organizations. How? Mm-hmm. How do you guys work together? How do these two work? Because you have the, we're talking about payers and providers here. So talk about that. Uh, I don't know if synergy is the right word, partnership, collaboration, but how do you work together to to ensure the success of this? Sure. We've always had a very successful relationship between Connecticut and St. Francis Healthcare Partners, which is why this became a natural. In the older model, the fee-for-service model, we would have a contract, we would negotiate fees for the hospital, for the physicians, et cetera. But we didn't spend enough effort, really, in looking at value-based care. So going several years ago, we got a closer relationship working with Kinetic Care to look at those things that matter to patients, matter to consumers, and really started this, this path of going down value-based relationships between Kinetic Care um, and St. Francis Healthcare Partners. And when Eric took over at Kinetic Care, we really became very energized by his desire to really work more closely together and define a new model. What we're really trying to do is to find a new way payers uh, work with providers and get us out of the very traditional relationship. And I'm excited about that because we have two entities that have worked together well historically, and also I think two individuals that both share a common vision about making the healthcare system not only better for the consumer, but less costly um, for the state of Connecticut as well. Yeah, we from the Connecticut care perspective, we really look at um, our physician partners as um, as really beyond the patient, the most important stakeholders that we can partner with because there's so much that goes into the relationship between a doctor and their patient 
Um, we're trying not to get in the way of that relationship. We want to be helpful. We have a lot of data, a lot of insight that um, that we string together uh, across the entire care continuum that the doctors don't get to see all the time. And so we, we feel like we can be a really good, strong partner there. Um, but at the same time, we need to have the right relationship, and we do with with St. Francis Healthcare Partners. So that's that's been something that we've enjoyed. To Jess's point, we're going to stand on that foundation and really try to bring this to the next evolution of um, of what value based um, care can be. So I'd asked you both uh, earlier about you know personally as a consumer um, about you know what you know kind of what's in it for me, what's in it for the consumer. But talk a little bit about the business side of this as well. Is this it, it's, this seems like it makes sense from a business standpoint, from a business model standpoint as well. How does this help you operate better, um, ultimately being able to serve your customers and patients better? Does, is, are we going down the right road when we say that? Um, it seems like a good business model. Can you talk about why it, it seems that way? Yeah, so I, I would say it absolutely is. And frankly, it's the only way um, on a go-forward basis to uh, to operate with, uh, with partners. Um, you know, if I think about a lot of the things that we spend a lot of time and, uh, as a result, money um, doing, um, many of them are activities that if we just partnered a little bit closer, we could carve out. We could use those opportunities to lower, uh, lower the cost of, um, of healthcare premiums. And, you know, uh, I, I, mentioned, I mentioned data a little bit earlier. There's really an opportunity to get the better health outcome for the patient um, because we're putting data in the hands of the physician, they can make an even better decision about the um, the course of care for that that patient. So, you know, I also, from a business perspective, I see our state struggling. The economy is in a bit of disrepair. Um, and if I think about a business, a, a national or global business, thinking about where they might want to um, to land um, a new site. I want Connecticut to be in the uh, in the top one, two um, rank on their list. And currently it's not. Healthcare costs is one of the reason why. Um, and I want to make sure that, um, you know, that we have the ability to, to get back to have a very uh, vibrant economy here in the state. Yeah, and as Eric mentioned, um, as business leaders, we want to see the state of Connecticut grow. We want to see the state grow its economy. Healthcare is a major bottom line impact on employers coming to this state. As you mentioned before, Brian, we're 33rd out of 50 in terms of cost of health care. So it's really important for us that we grow. And we haven't seen any net growth in years. Basically, in the healthcare sector, we're all competing for the same number of covered lives. We're not growing. The population is aging. We need to grow our population. We need to grow our workforce. And we need to be aggressive about it. And this is one way that we can help. It's not the sole answer, but it's one piece of a larger picture. So as we're, as we're telling the story of the state and, and more even more specifically the Hartford region. And as you both know, you know, we're, we're kind of pivoting and, and transitioning, evolving as an organization. Um, we do have our Chamber of Commerce, uh, but we also have our economic development organization now in the Alliance and uh, with David Griggs, our, our um, well, not so new anymore, but president and CEO. And, um, he, you know, he's been talking a lot about telling the story uh, through data and research and, and really uh, opening ourselves up as a, uh, as a worldwide and global brand. How does this play into that? How does this play into that story? You know, you mentioned, obviously, People want to come to a to a state or, or a, a metropolitan region where healthcare is good, um, you know, for them for themselves and their families. Uh, costs aren't, you know, the cost of doing business isn't too high. But can you talk a little bit? And that could be a whole other show that we may have you on again for. Um, but I do want to just touch on that because it is the work that we're doing. How, how does that play a role in how we tell our story and how do we attract and retain uh, retain businesses and and talent as well? 
Yeah, I mean, Connecticut is a great state. I mean, I was born here, raised here in Connecticut. We, we're in a great location in southern New England. Um, what we need to do is is really work on the strengths that we have within the state of Connecticut. And what we want to do is help by by working on the uh, the healthcare component of that. But it, it, as I mentioned before, growing our, our population in Connecticut, our workforce is, is critical to us. And as Eric mentioned, when new employers are looking for a place to, to either start a business or to move a business, we want Hartford, Greater Hartford and Connecticut to be high on their list. And we can't do that unless we sell what we have. And part of what we're selling, I think, is a really good healthcare experience. We have good hospitals, good physicians, good payers in this state. We need to capitalize on that to make us more attractive. And that gets into the, the quality piece as well as the cost piece. But we have a lot to offer in the state of Connecticut. And we're just trying to add one more thing to convince more employers to come here. We need to grow our business. The only thing I would add is, is simply to say that we have um, an amazing healthcare industry ecosystem right here in the state. And um, I don't know that we do quite as uh, good a job as sometimes we need to, 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 um, to demonstrate that, to show people what, what is, uh, what are those assets and, um, and why are they good for, for business? Why are they good for consumers? Well, we, uh, we know we have the Connecticut Health Council, uh, you, you guys and, and, and Amy and the rest of the uh, uh, founding partners and investors um, telling that story on a daily basis, cthealthcouncil.com. Uh, for more information on the Health Council to become uh, engaged and check out more information there. I do want to talk to you guys about collaboration and and who else is on this group because um, there might be somebody listening saying, well, I'm not a payer, I'm not a provider. I, I may not, it may not be, you know, worth my time. Um, but obviously I would imagine for all these groups that I mentioned before, um, these five working groups, it, it needs to be a collaborative effort. So who who who's currently, um, and I, you don't need to give me specifics, but what industries are currently uh, uh, in the group? And is there anybody that's, uh, is there a gap that maybe somebody listening might be like, oh, I can fill that for you? Well, so I feel like with the strength of the health council um, behind us, we have uh, representation across the the ecosystem. Um, we have lab companies, we have hospital systems, physician groups, um, payers. Um, we even have uh, members of the state government who are very um, entrenched and involved with the um, with, with the healthcare industry. Um, so I, I feel like there's good representation. What we need is more of them. We need more voices because, to to uh, Jess's point earlier, we can solve this as a Connecticut St. Francis Healthcare Partners challenge, but that's not scalable, and we're really after that scale to do this as a uh, as an industry. We're um, we're small enough as a state, but large enough to um, to demonstrate for the rest of the country that there's a different way of of going about healthcare. Um, and so having more employers, more brokers, more, frankly, more healthcare insurance companies, um, more hospital systems, that's what we're really looking for. We're really looking at to, um, to spark their engagement and, uh, and participation. Jess, you want to add to that? Yeah, just um, to, to really um, agree with Eric and to take it one step further, this work group has been very well attended. We have a really good turnout. But having one or two payers there out of all the payers or one or two delivery systems out of all the delivery systems isn't enough. So we have the right mix. We just need more of it, like Eric said. And, and how, how do you go about it? It, sound, it sounds like there, is, there, are, there are ways for you to engage more people than if, if somebody is listening. And again, the show is, uh, is podcast on our website, MetroHerford.com. We'll share it, obviously, through, through, uh, through your marketing channels. It goes into a number of uh, alliance channels as well. 
Um, so a lot of people will hear this. If somebody wants to become engaged, uh, how can they uh, how can they follow up? I know I mentioned cthealthcouncil.com for uh, more information on the health council. Where else? Uh, what else can they do to reach out? And touch well, base? we we have a, a a working session coming up um, on September 10th. I'd encourage people to get in touch with uh, with Amy Cunningham through the website that you had uh, that you had mentioned, and um, and and let's get the the folks engaged. I mean, as Jess said, we. We've got good representation. We just need more engagement. And so um, I'd look forward to, to meeting some new uh, new participants. Let me ask you this question. This is uh, really more for Jess. This is, a, this is obviously a big topic, and, and we have a few minutes left here, so we'll start to wrap it up a little bit. And, and we definitely want to have, have you guys back on to, to continue the conversation and find out where you're at with this group. But l- let's talk a little bit about um, – it, it's a big topic. Is there anything, is there any, anything specific that you're working on, uh, that this group is working on uh, currently? Um, that you can share? Sure. Um, after a couple of initial meetings that we had with the work group of 30, 35 people, uh, one of the participants raised his hand and shared that he had a family member who was recently diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And his concern for his family member uh, was that it was very confusing. There were so many people reaching out to him that he, his, his family member didn't know what to do. Um, so as when we, in our meeting, we asked all the participants in the room to raise their hands if they were treating di- patients with diabetes, and half the hands of the room went up. As we had that discussion, we realized that everybody, or half the room, was reaching out with patients with diabetes, and it was, to Eric's point before, very redundant. We were, we were, we were confusing the patient because you could get a call from your physician. You could get a call from the payer. You could get a call from a community or a pharmacy, whatever the case may be. So we chose um, type 2 diabetes because of this, because it was real and because it's focused. So by starting with a pilot progress project or a Petri dish, um, we, we can test different approaches and see what works and what doesn't work. And it will be a narrow focus on type 2 diabetes, which will help us keep focus. But it requires all involved to think creatively as a system, not as an individual stakeholder. So type 2 diabetes really made sense. It's very prevalent in today's society. So many entities are reaching out to those members that have type 2 diabetes, and we felt that was a perfect opportunity to learn and to make it scalable. So when you say scalable, you're saying into other ailments and diseases and whatnot as well, but this is a good one, kind of a good foundation. Yes, it's a great starting point. So, so as far as, uh, you know, we, we all have, we all have uh, personal stories, and, and Eric, you mentioned, you mentioned it before. I don't know if either of you guys uh, either have had family members or, or friends or whatnot that have gone through something like this that maybe makes it even more, um, at, you know, at, it's, it's your industry. But when it's, when it's a loved one, um, someone that we care about, it becomes less business and, and more, you know, personal and, and social for us. Uh, is, does that drive you at all? And, and not only you guys, but, but other people that are in this group, because we've all been touched by somebody that's had diabetes or cancer. I mean, there's, uh, unfortunately, there's, there's so many ailments. Does that drive a lot of what you do as well, personally? It, it absolutely does. I mean, for me, it's um, not only is it the career I chose, but it's also um, there's a bit of personal mission here to, mm-hmm. um, to improve the health of people um, in the state, my uh, friends, neighbors, family members. Th- these are the people that we care about and, and frankly, that we want to see um, prosper in, in whatever they choose to do. So I- I'm absolutely personally motivated uh, about it, and, um, and that's uh, it's, it's frankly a nice thing to travel with me um, on a day-to-day basis as, uh, as I go through my, uh, my work, my career. Yeah, yeah, as Eric stated, we all know somebody that has had a healthcare need over their life, and it's very frustrating for us as leaders to see the experience they go through. And we're very passionate, and I'm very passionate about creating a better system of care 
and I'm very excited about the group activity. You know, it's working with Connecticut and working with the other members of the group. But everybody in the group, everybody probably listening to this to this interview understands that you know somebody who, who's had a healthcare need. We want to make it better. That's really the intent, and we both feel very passionate about that. There is a better way. We want it to start with us because we want to see it grow. Now, now I know you're both uh, you're both very busy in what you do, and I imagine the other people on this working group are also very busy. So I don't think you're just getting together and just talking um, casually here. This is actually something that you want to make affect some change here. Um, and eventually, I'm sure we'll probably want to share some results. I know the healthcare field is is full of people that are that are metrics and and, and bottom line oriented and whatnot. So at what point um, at what point do you think you'll have something that you can share from this group? No pressure. You have plenty of time. It's, I think it's relatively new. So <laughs> not trying to push that on you yet, but but eventually, you know, I'd love to have you back and talk about it. What what I guess a what what do you plan to measure? How do mm-hmm. you know how do you plan to measure the success and 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 when will that be? Do you think? Yeah, we should have some results to share next spring or summer. And what we're expecting to see are really significant changes as some responsibilities move from one stakeholder to another as we evaluate efficiencies and make changes to how and where care is delivered. At the end of the day, the metric very simply is, are we improving outcomes and reducing costs? That's the highest level of metric that we're going to be measured against. But uh, from a, to accomplish that, we need everybody to think differently, think as a system, not as individual stakeholders. Eric, I, uh, actually I'll throw this out to you. We have about, about a minute left, so kind of, kind of quick here. Um, we talk a lot about innovation. You know, you hear about innovation in the healthcare industry. You hear about innovation in, in insurance and, and all that. And, you know, some people some people roll their eyes on innovation in healthcare. That doesn't really mix. Um, but it does mix, and uh, especially today. But is this is the work that you're doing considered to be part of that, under that umbrella of innovation? Yeah. And, and how? It absolutely is. Um, so as much as one might think of healthcare or healthcare insurance as, um, as boring, um, you know, there, there's not a topic – uh, that you can open the Wall Street Journal or a, a newspaper in any market and not see um, quite a lot of public debate and, and, and public demand for change. And so in order to meet that demand, we can't just continue to do the, the same old things. Um, there are very few industries that we could look to um, to pick up you know, techniques and, uh, and, and different kinds of innovation. So we're having to really dig deep um, and, uh, and innovate ourselves. Well, you guys are both great. We're going to continue this conversation definitely at a later date. We'll have you back in. Thanks so much for your time. Great guests, uh, Eric and, uh, and Jess, today. Appreciate that. Also want to thank, again, our sponsors, CCAT and Oak Hill. And thank you for listening to Pulse of the Region, brought to you by the Metro Hartford Alliance. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.